Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back, friends, to the final Buckeye Talk of the 2018 Ohio State football season, and let's crack a cold one. Wait, ah, my finger. Hold on. Oh, yeah. I found that Diet Coke um, in the fridge in my hotel unexpectedly this morning as I was packing up, so I'm super excited. So, Doug Maurice from Los Angeles. I did not do the Buckeye Talk after the Rose Bowl win last night because I was too tired, and I let myself sleep, and so we're doing it. It's 1.20. Ohio time, 10.20, California time. My flight's in five hours. We're going to crank this out and squeeze this in. Okay, got your questions. We're going to deal with players and coaches, who might stay, who might go. Some quick hits on the Rose Bowl. And then, listen, we're going to do more podcasts going forward. We'll get back on the normal weekly schedule. We'll start mixing in basketball. But there's still plenty of time down the road to wrap up some of this stuff. So we don't have to hit every single thing. Um, and, And I don't know if there's much point in diving in to what happened in the Rose Bowl because they won, right? They won. And so, like, yeah, it got dicey (coughs) at the end. But, you know, like, they won the Rose Bowl. So here's the one thing. Let me see if I can find a question about it. God, there's a great question from WDK1921, which is rank urban seven teams. And maybe we'll hit on that quickly, but that sounds like something I'll write this week. Um, Let's see. Question about the game. Question about the game. I can't find one. Ah, Nick Butts, lucky number S, lucky numbers 1 7. Is that right? Wasn't this Rose Bowl the quintessential late Meyer era game? Played good, disciplined, inspired football for a half, then revert to the uninspiring ending with the feeling of meh. I love herbs, wish him well, but also look forward to a fresh look at my alone. Um, and Teets jumped in at Teets 43456. Talking about two games um, that they should have lost in his tenure, and the other ones maybe you, you would look and say, no, we shouldn't have lost that. Um, there are also games maybe Ohio State shouldn't have won, Teach said. So listen, uh, we, we do think, I, I believe, of Urban Meyer as like a, uh, a step-on-your-neck kind of guy, right? He's, he's aggressive. Um, 
He's not afraid of stuff. But I do think in his tenure, he he, he also was in, eminently capable of buckling it down with the lead and turtling up a little bit and just trying to hold on. So last night in the first half, Ohio State gained 272 yards. Washington gained 151. In the second half, Washington gained 293. Ohio State gained 92. In the second half, Washington ran, ran 54 plays. Ohio State ran 25 plays in the second half. The last half of the Urban Meyer, Dwayne Haskins era was 25 plays, 92 yards. They scored a touchdown on their first drive. Their next five drives, and then the last drive, the sixth, was victory formation kneeling at the end after they recovered the onside kick. The last five drives that mattered, they got one first down. Four three and outs, and one first down on the first play of the drive for like 14 yards, and then three straight out after that. So five drives at the end of basically nothing. And I will say, I was writing. I wasn't paying attention as much as you were, but... I think Dwayne Haskins, for some reason, missed a couple throws on that drive. I know they talked about that Washington as a defense, before the game, they talked about that Washington's defense would come up and attack those outside throws, those bubble screens, those RPOs out to the edge. That happened a couple times. I think maybe there was a, there was a swing pass to J.K. Dobbins that got absolutely destroyed and dropped for a loss. <clears throat> I think Ohio State has felt good about its offensive adjustments a lot this year. Washington out-adjusted them in the second half. But yet Ohio State came out and on the first drive scored, went up 28-3, and you thought it was over. So I think Urban Meyer does get to a point where he just wants to win a game. Man, I said I said to hit that line. Six and a half, Ohio State minus six and a half, I thought was a, was a really good bet. And if you bet that, you are feeling glum today, and I apologize for that. Because um, you're up 28-3, and all of a sudden you win 28-23, you win by five. You know what, if, if Brendan White runs back that two-point conversion that he intercepted at the end when Washington went for two, get, that gets it to seven. That way you cover. Bad luck in there. Um, and, like, is that a sign of failure somehow? If you, if you maybe let teams back in games late? Like, a lot of coaches do that sometimes. Um, and also credit to Washington. Chris Peterson, I think, is really, really good. I wrote a story on the coaches before the game. Chris Peterson's really good. They have some athletes, not as many as Ohio State. Ohio State did go into some kind of prevent a little bit. I think they were dropping back in some deeper zones. You could see them hitting some stuff across the middle underneath that was open. But also, this is the Ohio State defense this year. So, yes, I think Urban Meyer in that era, he was capable of of turtling up a little bit offensively. But also, that was the Ohio State defense coming home to roost um, with the way I thought it played in the second half. Total offensive yards in the end, Washington 444. Ohio State 364, Washington ran 91 plays, Ohio State ran 69 plays. So we'll see how Ryan Day is with that stuff. I think it's hard to complain about a Rose Bowl win. Um, you know, you, you can talk about what you're trying to prove to the committee and those kind of things, maybe for the future, and I wrote about that. I think maybe this bowl season maybe did show something to the committee, partially as it relates to how you rate the second-best team in the SEC. If everybody thought Georgia was a world-beater and they lose to Texas, maybe next time they're thinking about putting a second SEC team in or ranking a second SEC team at five, as they did with Georgia, ahead of the Big Ten champ, Ohio State that finished six. Maybe there's some second thoughts on that now. Um, the fact that number five lost, number seven lost, number eight lost, that maybe is some second thoughts. UCF, right, their quarterback was out, but they lose. 
Michigan's number seven. They get blown out. Ohio State made did make a point. Not as strong of a point as it could have made, but they did make a point. So I don't want to spend a lot of time uh, rehashing the Rose Bowl. So that's it. And and I think it's interesting stuff to ask Ryan Day about going forward. Aaron ATC85. Urban coach for seven seasons. Does Ryan Day coach for more or less? God, this is fascinating. I'm, I'm writing down the stuff I want to write coming up. Um, rank. Ooh, that's on my, that's on my good paper. Oh, that's right. Rank urban teams. Ryan Day tenure. And I was thinking about this in the shower today. Not that you guys need to know that. I feel refreshed. Refreshed and clean. Sometimes I feel old and dirty. Sorry about that. Uh, we are in coaching carousel time, right? We're, we're hearing college coaches' names out for, for NFL jobs. And Urban's name would be thrown out from time to time. The Browns did give him a call, he said, a couple years ago when they hired Hugh Jackson. I always thought it was possible, but Urban's a college coach. He would have been a college coach going to the NFL. I'm not sure Ryan Day's a college coach. Ryan Day... Part of what people like about him is that he sort of runs, and, and Dwayne Haskins and Tate Martella both said this, an NFL offense in the college game. <coughs> he talked about out here that when he became um, a quarterback's coach in the NFL in 2015 and 16 with Chip Kelly, first in Philadelphia, second in San Francisco, he went around and learned as much about the NFL passing game as he possibly could. He dedicated himself to that. Now, that's going to pay off for Ohio State in a lot of ways. But that also might pay off in the NFL. And I think this is interesting territory that we are entering. And this is what I want to write about. For Urban Meyer, Ohio State was never a stepping stone job. Maybe he would have found something else to do. Maybe he will find something else to do. Ohio State was a dream job. For Jim Trestle, whose name would be thrown out for NFL stuff, mostly the Browns, mostly by fans, Ohio State was a dream job. For Earl Bruce, Ohio State was a dream job. John Cooper, I, don't, I didn't cover John Cooper. I don't know how often John Cooper's name came up for college stuff. I mean, I'm sorry, for NFL stuff. But I don't know that John, you know, John Cooper, Ohio State, wasn't necessarily John Cooper's dream job. He stayed longer than any of them. Urban stayed seven. Trestle stayed 10. Earl stayed nine. John Cooper stayed 13. He didn't go anywhere. Woody stayed forever, 28, right? We, I think, at least are entering a world where, at the very least, I am going to expect that if Ryan Day is good, or even if he's like pretty good, not great, but boy, he's, he's showing things that are really attractive. Because, you know, Matt Rule at Baylor is, is uh, an NFL candidate because of what he did at Temple and what he's done at Baylor. And, and I think he was seven and six at Baylor this year. They're not only grabbing the national championship coaches, they're looking for guys who are having success in a variety of ways. I think Ryan Day might be in the coaching carousel in the offseason. I think it might drive Ohio State fans crazy. I'm curious how it goes, but I think it's possible. Not that Ohio State is a stepping stone job, but I don't think we have, we have no reason to believe, and that's fine, that Ohio State is Ryan Day's dream job. And we don't know what he really is. Is he a college coach? Is he an NFL coach? There's a lot of guys who are just good football coaches who could do both. You know, Mike Vrabel was good at Ohio State, and then he went to the NFL. Um, Jim O'Brien was in the NFL, came back to college. Not 
but at, at uh, Bill O'Brien, not Jim O'Brien. Jim O'Brien's the Ohio State basketball coach. Bill O'Brien at Penn State came to college, but you always thought he was an NFL guy and eventually left Penn State to go back to the NFL. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's something to keep in mind. I don't know for sure that Ryan Day's final stop will be Ohio State. I don't know that it is his end game. And when you think about Ryan Day growing up in New Hampshire, I don't know, like, what's your dream job? Well, it's not the University of New Hampshire. It's not Boston College. It's not UMass. It's not Maine. Does Vermont have a football team? It's not Vermont. Is it the Patriots? Is it Ryan Day's dream to to follow Bill Belichick? I don't know. He's never said that. That's my words. Those are my words, not his. But if you're asking me, Aaron, ATC85, Is Ryan Day more or less than seven? I'm going less because I think there's two ways it could go. One is he strings together a few too many nine and threes and either they let him go or they agree to a mutual parting of ways. And one is he's so good and Ohio State's not an endgame for a 39-year-old guy necessarily, a 39-year-old guy from New Hampshire, that someone takes him. So there's two ways to go. Everybody makes a lot out of the fact that (coughs) most Ohio State football coaches get fired. And that's true. But would you rather have him get fired or would you rather have him choose to leave? I'm not sure which is better. So I'm going to go under seven seasons on Ryan Day, and I'll ask Ryan Day about that someday. But uh, that's my speculation for now. Do you think Wyatt Davis played well? WDK 1921. Fowler and Herbie were praising him early in the game. I can't say I watched it closely. I do have a Wyatt Davis story coming. I talked to his dad out here. I talked to Wyatt about it out here. I was going to do it before the game. I didn't get to it. It's still going to hold up after the game because he's a big part of the offensive line going future, uh, going forward. So I got to watch the game when I get home, and uh, we'll deal with we'll deal with Wyatt Davis in the next couple days. Nikki Unders, was it just me or did the linebacker play look exponentially better with Browning in versus Borland? I talked to Baron Browning out here. I didn't write it before the game. I'm going to write it as part of a defensive package in the next couple days. Baron Browning wants to be an outside linebacker. I think Baron Browning should be an outside linebacker. I think possibly, this is my early prediction slash suggestion for the Ohio State linebacking starters and rotation in 2019. Outside starting linebackers, Baron Browning and Malik Harrison. Starting middle linebacker, Tarada Mitchell. Rotational short yardage middle linebacker, Tuff Borland. Rotational nickel package outside linebacker, Pete Werner. Pete Werner and Tuff Borland were starters this year. I'm not sure their best defense next year is with Pete Werner and Tuff Borland as starters. Tarada Mitchell is a guy I heard multiple of Buckeyes talk about out here. I think he might be a mini Raquan McMillan. If he is, he would be eminently capable of running this defense from the middle. I think that's why Tuff Borland played more than Baron Browning at middle linebacker this year because it was about getting the defense set. And I think Tuff Borland was better at that than Baron Browning, and I think Baron Browning would tell you that. Baron Browning, he's not as comfortable with that. He's comfortable on the outside making plays. Let him, let him do that. Get him outside and let him do that. But Tarada Mitchell is a true freshman this year. They weren't going to bring him in and have him do that. But I think they could. I think by next year he could be ready for that. Guys praised his effort. Guys praised his smarts, his toughness. I think he could be ready for that. And I do think... Athletically and playmaking-wise, I think you can possibly find a better middle linebacker for this team than Tough Borland. 
So we'll get into that more in the offseason, but that's where I think now. Jay Alexander's at Midwest the K mind. I don't know, the KY mind. I always I can't read the things. These are on Twitter. Could the recruiting and reputation Urban has built aid Ryan Day in continuing success? If he continues to win with Urban's players, couldn't that develop a national persona in time to continue top-level recruiting and thus winning? Ari and others seem negative about program's future. No, no, no. Ari's not negative about it. We're realistic about it. Urban's exceptional. Urban, Urban had a national reputation when he came to Ohio State. Ryan Day didn't. Ryan Day is still developing that. Certainly, he's viewed well, it seems to be, in quarterback circles. Uh, and he's had success recruiting. He had a lot to do with Garrett Wilson in Texas and some other people. So he's done well. He's done well. He's just not Urban Meyer. Like, we have to realize that. And I think where he's not Urban Meyer specifically is in two things. He might be better than Urban Meyer in modern-day play-calling ingenuity and Saturday execution in terms of um, X's and O's. Urban stepped away from X's and O's a little bit over time. He liked the off-field stuff. Um, people wondered if his offense was getting stale a little bit. He handed over the defense to Greg Schiano. That defense didn't seem to work the way it should have this year. So I think Ryan Day, in hiring assistants and with his own way of doing things on offense, that might be better, for lack of a better word, better than Urban Meyer. I don't think we can assume he's going to be better than Urban Meyer in recruiting because I don't know that we can assume Ryan Day sitting in Ohio is going to bring him the number two class in the country every year like the Ohio State did in 17 and 18. They were trending up in, in recruiting. That doesn't mean it's going to be bad, but I just don't know. I mean, like, I just think it's unrealistic to expect him to recruit at the level of Urban Meyer. So I think he can do it, and I think he's absolutely going to get some, some recruiters in here that can get it done. I think they might have better recruiters on staff in a couple key spots. He's going to emphasize recruiting, and I know in his hires on the assistant coaching staff, and we'll get to that more. And I know Urban said that over the years, and I think he got away from that a little bit. I mean, he hired some friends who weren't as good, I think, at it. And so I think they can elevate themselves in recruiting, and I think maybe they will. But I think the main two things where he may not be Urban is recruiting and motivation. Just getting in front of a team. Urban Meyer, when he stands in front of a team and he's yelling at him at practice, and we saw him a couple times at the Rose Bowl this year doing that, it, it just comes naturally to him. We talked a million times about his psychology degree from Cincinnati. He's a motivational guy. He's into that stuff. He studies that stuff. He thinks about that stuff. He's good at it. So I think Ryan Day might be better than Urban Meyer at some things, but he's not going to be better than Urban Meyer at everything. So I think the things to watch are motivation, which is getting guys every day to care about every step, every move they make on the practice field, and then getting guys motivated properly, not too high, not too low, but geared up, ready to go on Saturday. And the other thing is recruiting. And I just, I think it will still be good. I don't know that we can anticipate that it's going to stay at the national level it's been. Mark Pantone is still going to be here. He is an absolutely crucial foundational guy in laying the plan of attack. But then someone's got to close them. Someone's got to go out and get them, and someone's got to close them. And I just don't know if they'll be as good as that as they were. Teets asked another question. And then we're going, to get, we're going to do two more, then we'll get to the coaches and players, who's back and who's not. Teets, 4-3-4-5-6. Meyer has an unbelievable record at Ohio State. It's 83-9, 86-9 overall because Ryan Day was 3-0 this year. Yet I feel his tenure fell short of its potential given the talent gap he had in most games, Oklahoma and Clemson aside, and the annual no-show game, Iowa-Purdue, Michigan State 2015, even Virginia Tech despite the season outcome. Is this too critical? So we have a post up. 
I did a video on the Rose Bowl field after the game last night. Grade Urban Meyer's tenure. And this is one of those things. Sometimes people think you're being too hard on Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer is as hard as himself as anybody else could be. Urban Meyer said when I asked him about Clemson, Alabama, said in some ways, the fact that they're not Clemson, Alabama, they failed in some ways. That's him, not me. Here are your rankings. How would you grade Urban Meyer seven years with Ohio State? This is at cleveland.com, the poll with the the video and the short story I did. 43.2% say A+. 39.3% say A. So that's 82.5% give A or A+. 12.3% say A-. That's what I gave him because I said that's what I think Urban Meyer would give himself. 3% 3% B+, plus, and then uh, 2% B or lower. I think it's okay to grade high. And so I, I think they fell, I always use this phrase, a half step. They fell a half step short. They won a national title. They didn't score a point in the playoffs since winning the national title. That's where they fell short. And the things that happened during the year, the losses to Purdue and Iowa and Michigan State, is why they didn't do that. So... What are you going to do? Um, that's a high threshold, and there may be a time in Ohio State football in the future when you look back on this seven years and say, you gave that seven-year stretch an A-, minus. you're bonkers. That's an A++++. A national title, three Big Ten titles, a Cotton Bowl, a Sugar Bowl, a Fiesta Bowl, a Rose Bowl. He won those four big bowl games, 7-0 and against Michigan. That is a lot. I think if they would have gotten back to maybe one more national title game, it absolutely would be an A. But that they, I said the standard to me every year was, are you in the mix for the playoff? Are you in the mix for the playoff? You're not, you're not eliminating yourself early on. You're not too into it in September and out of it. But they didn't get there, and they weren't in the final, final conversation in 15, 17, or 18. And if they would have been in one of those years, I think, I think you'd absolutely give him an A. And here's the thing I said in the video that you can go watch with this story at cleveland.com. I think Urban Meyer might have killed an 18 playoff. And an 18 playoff, if, if they had gone to an 18 playoff instead of 14 playoff, when they did in 2014, Ohio State would have made it every year. Ohio State would have made it every year. Because in the five years of the playoff, in the final playoff rankings, they've been 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7. They would have made it every year, and those teams, <clears throat> last year's team that finished fifth, this year's team that finished sixth, the 2015 team that finished seventh, <clears throat> might have won it all. They would have won some playoff games, and they would have looked like a team in December and January that you didn't want to play and that had a lot of potential. It turns out that probably one of their worst teams is the team that got in against Deshaun Watson, of all people, the year that Clemson won it. That was the best of Clemson and, like, the worst of Ohio State's upper-tier teams. So it's kind of a strange reality. That team overachieved with some of their overtime wins that year with a tremendous secondary but very young in a lot of other places. Um, And then the offensive problems, and I said this in the video They've been a national championship caliber team at various positions. Or no, I wrote, I said this in the Clemson, Alabama story two days ago. 
Dwayne Haskins was a national championship quarterback. 2016, that's a national championship secondary. 2015, that is national championship talent everywhere. 2017, last year, that's a national championship defensive line with Sam Hubbard, Nick Bosa, Tyquan Lewis. So they had the pieces. They just, if you drop Dwayne Haskins, I think, onto a bunch of other Urban Meyer teams, which is basically a comment about the defense, they're in the playoff. Because Dwayne Haskins decided to come along in a year when the defense was as bad as we've seen it in a long time. And that's what you pair the greatest thrower in Ohio State history with, with the defense that gave up the most points in Ohio State history. So that's a rough combination, right? Dwayne Haskins was held back by this defense, or you could view it as Dwayne Haskins lifted this defense. This defense was not a 13-1 defense. This was a 13-1 team because of Dwayne Haskins, Ryan Day, and this receiver crew. So that's where we are. I think it fell short in some ways. It's also hard to complain about, but I think Urban Meyer would even admit that it fell short in some ways. Another Russian bot, another Russian two. Collectively, the Big East went one and three in bowl games, while the West went four and one. In your opinion, what was the most surprising outcome this bowl season? Um, I think Penn State getting losing to Kentucky like that showed Penn State maybe wasn't what we thought it was. The Michigan thing got away from them. I think guys sitting out games emotionally. I think that bowl game does say something about Michigan that's, that's not great for the Michigan program. Um, I think Northwestern coming back like that on Utah might have been the most surprising. You know, bowl season is, is important for sure. Um, Michigan State scoring basically no points against Oregon. That was not surprising at all. I'm not taking this as like the West is better than everybody. Um, the bowl matchups are crazy. But I think, I think that Northwestern uh, came back on a decent Utah team. Um, bodes interestingly for Northwestern's future. I think Northwestern could be a team that we see again uh, in the Big Ten championship game in, in short of the, the near future. All right, there's one more at the top from WK, WDK1921. Then we'll get to coaches and uh, players coming back. What if we ranked Urban 7 teams based on who would win if they played each other? Here's my list. He's going from the best to the worst. 2015, 2014, 2017, 2018, 2016, 2013, 2012. So if you're including coaches, I don't think you can put 15 ahead of 14. Because they missed Tom Herman column plays. And when they went to Tim Beck and Ed Warner in 15 and 16, that was a step back. Because that 15 team on talent was ridiculous. But they struggled in a lot of ways all year long. So if, if we're talking only players and like you were giving them Urban Meyer and an all, all-star coaching staff to the players, then I think you could put 15 first. Otherwise, I don't think you can put you got to put 14 first. And I think you have to include coaches because you're talking about the actual team. Um, I might even put 2013 ahead of 2016. That was like 2013 was a couple of those freshmen, Joey Bosa specifically from the 2013 class were playing. Braxton and Hyde were really good in what they did. That team was, was going to go to the national championship game in the last year of the BCS before losing to Michigan State in the Big Ten championship game, I think they might be better than 2016, which would move the 2016 team down to sixth. I think 2012, the undefeated 2012 team at seventh, I think is right because they were limited. They were still learning the offense. It was Braxton left, Braxton right, Braxton save us. Um, I think that's fair. The idea that their playoff team 
There's uh, their only other playoff team besides the national champs might be the second worst Urban Meyer team. I think is interesting to talk about. I think this team is hard to rank in some ways because the offense was so good and the defense was so questionable. But I think it's I think fourth is probably right. So I think if I was going to do it, I'd go 14, 15. Man, would I do 17 next? I think you could make an argument for this year's team. Because you guys remember the struggles with the passing game last year still at times. It was better, but you think about this now. I might go 14, 15, 18, 17, 13, 16, 12. But I'll do a story on it. You guys can think about it yourself. Make your own list. When I, if I do, I'll do a story this week, and we'll get you guys to contribute your, your lists. All right. Let's talk about who's coming back and who's not. I made a sheet, if I can find it. Let's do assistant coaches first, and a lot of this, I'll tell you. Someone asked on the podcast, who did I, or on the, on the questions, who did I talk to after the game? It's always Christmas time when you get to go in the post-game locker rooms and talk to all these guys you never get to talk to, and I'll tell you I talked to no one. I thought Urban Meyer's last game was valuable enough to follow him around. I talked to a bunch of guys. Steven Means and I both talked to a bunch of guys at the Big Ten Championship game. Like I said, I have a Wyatt Davis story still to write. That's coming. That's a young guy. I have a Baron Browning story still to write. That's coming. That's a young guy. I didn't get to as wide a variety of young guys as I usually do because on uh, the team media day, I spent a lot of time with Tate. I spent time with Bill Davis. Um, and then I got Baron Browning, which I'm going to write. And then I followed Urban. So in the locker room yesterday, I talked to Gene Smith as he was eating Chick-fil-A. Um, Chick-fil-A postgame, who's the real winner? Chick- Chick-fil-A postgame for the Buckeyes, thanks to the Rose Bowl. Talked to Gene Smith about Urban. Followed Urban around. Talked to some fans. Talked to Shelly Meyer about Urban. And I didn't talk to any other players. So... That was unusual for me. And so talking about the coaches and what I think, a lot of this is based on some of it's on reporting other people have done. Some of it's on vibe. Some of it's on talking to other people. Some of it's on what the sitting in the media room, all of us together, the guys on the Ohio State sitting around and just bullshooting about what we think is going to happen. So let's run through offensive staff first. Mike Yurcich, as first reported by Austin Ward from Letterman Row, is going to come and be the new quarterback's coach <clears throat> under Ryan Day. This is going to be Ryan Day's offense, whether he calls the plays or Yurcich calls the plays, and Yurcich is from Euclid. It's going to be Ryan Day's offense. So there's a question out there, and I'm not going to dig in a ton on this guy because we're going to get to him because this may pop soon, and we're going to get to him, and we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this. But he's not bringing his offense, okay? So it's going to be Ryan Day's offense, and if, and if this guy's hired, it's because Ryan Day respects his offensive mind, respects his offensive play calling, but it's going to be Ryan Day's offense. So I would not look at the Oklahoma State offense and say, wow, that's what Ohio State's offense is going to be. So, But put Mike Yurcich in Ryan Day's spot. Kevin Wilson, as a co-offensive coordinator, tight ends coach, seems like he may be staying. I have not talked to him because I was chasing Urban. Other people have talked to him. 
It sounds like he's fairly confident that he's staying, which maybe surprises me a little bit, but if they think it can work, um, it makes sense. That's fine with me. Brian Hartline, receivers coach, he's here. Tony Alford, running backs coach, doesn't seem to be a sure thing either way, but I don't know why they get rid of him. He's a good recruiter. He's a good coach. I think Tony Alford's here. Greg Strudrawa, the offensive line coach, if I've, if I've thought before he was gone, I think it's almost 100% certainty that he's gone. Um, so that's one out. Defensive. Bill Davis is going to be out. Um, that's not reporting. That's just realistic stuff and uh, sort of what I've heard since the big Bill Davis story I wrote. Um, I think Bill Davis is out. Almost for sure. Larry Johnson, defensive line coach, he's got to be in. Greg Schiano, defensive coordinator, I said it seemed like he's out. I'll stay with it seems like he's out. Tabor Johnson at the cornerback coach, I think maybe is the most up-in-the-air guy. I have no idea. I think it could go either way. I didn't think the corners played great this year. I thought Jeffrey Okuda and Kendall Sheffield sure played well last night. And getting Jeffrey Okuda confident and ready to go is a huge part of this 2019 defense. I think he will be and should be and should be treated as the best corner in the room in 2019, regardless of what Damon Arnett and Kendall Sheffield do. I don't know about Tabor Johnson. I think he believes from other reporters talked to him. They said he seems sort of surprised even at the question of whether he'll be back. He thinks he'll be back. So I guess I'll lean Tabor Johnson coming back. But if you said he was gone, I would not at all be surprised. Alex Grinch. I think Alex Grinch may be gone, not by Ohio State's choice, but by his own. Um, There's been a lot of reports about Oklahoma's interest in him. When people tried to talk to him out here about stuff, most coaches, and they were available, would say, like, would have a conversation with you about stuff. Alex Grinch didn't even want to have a conversation that at all mentioned his future. Um, So you're just trying to read into that. I think maybe he came for something. That isn't exactly how it went down here in a lot of ways, whether it's his responsibilities under Greg Schiano, whether it's what's coming next. Um, I don't know. He's an Ohio guy, but guys move around in coaching. He's a, he's a young guy that people view well. Other schools wanted him when he left Washington State to come here last year. So you would think and say, okay, well, this is a good young coach. This is the kind of guy Ryan Day would want to keep. I just don't know if it's going to happen. So I'm not reporting anything. I'm just telling you at the moment – I guess I would say in the end, my guess is is about what it's been, which is Shiano, Davis, Studrawa out. Wilson, Hartline, Alford, Larry Johnson in. Tabor Johnson and Alex Grinch up in the air for two opposite sides of the coin. I'd set the number at, at coaches' assistance departing at three and a half, and I think it's still at three and a half. I think there's three who are almost certainly out. And then two other guys who could be, and and that's the question. So I think we'll hear about that fairly soon. Players. Malik Harrison told reporters Bill Rabinowitz, Dave Biddle, other people in the locker room last night, was he'll be back. Malik Harrison will be back. So when I say Baron Browning, Malik Harrison outside, Toronto Mitchell inside, that's what I'm talking about. We know Mike Weber, Draymond Jones, Nick Bosa gone. KJ Hill. I talked about it with him for a while, um, a couple days ago. Didn't indicate anything either way. My guess is he's gone. Um, I think the other receivers are back. Austin Mack, Ben Victor. Could go. I think they're back. Dwayne Haskins, I think, is going to go. 
I did not talk to Dwayne Haskins after the game. He told other people that there's a 50-50 chance on that. I don't think that's realistic. Here's what I think may be happening with Dwayne Haskins. I think he honestly, I think he may be honest when he says he hasn't given it 100% thought yet. And so when you haven't totally sat down and absolutely analyzed everything monetarily um, and exactly how it affects your life in every way. And I think he has some things here that may, may draw him back to Ohio State. But if he sits down and looks at the money he could make if he's the number one pick in the NFL draft, when you sit down and realistically, legitimately think about that, when you sit down at the table, you may legitimately be torn. And, and Dwayne Haskins used the phrase with other reporters last night that he's torn. He may be torn when he sits down to make that decision. But when he finds out the money and the situation and how it is believed that the NFL is going to view him for sure and that he probably won't get, won't get beyond number six in the draft and teams may be trading up higher to try to get him, I think he may be torn when he sits down at that table and he may have a decision when he stands up and the decision is to go to the NFL. I just think it's too hard. I just think it's too hard. So if, if I were you guys and you're reading some things that indicate that Dwayne Haskins is, is torn, I wouldn't get my hopes up. I think he can be torn right now if he really, truly hasn't given it his full focus. And, and credit to him if he hasn't. But when he does give it his full focus, I don't know how he can stay. Michael Jordan, I think, is back. I think he moves to guard. We wrote about that. We talked about that. Jordan Fuller, I think, is back. This is a hugely, hugely academic guy who I think had a good, not great year. He's a true junior. I think there are plenty of reasons for him to want to come back. Um, and his family uh, is successful. And that's just an equation for everybody sometimes. If you come from a situation where you feel like I can go help my family right now, um, that absolutely does and should factor into your decision. If you feel like, you know what, my family's good. So I really can make this about me and me alone. Um, then I think maybe Jordan Fuller says I can get something out of coming back to Ohio State. My guess is that Jordan Fuller is back. So that leaves us with the two corners, Kendall Sheffield and Damon Arnett. I fought all along at least one of them goes. People who talked to Damon Arnett, and again, I'm relying on some other people's reporting. I didn't talk to Damon Arnett. Seemed to indicate that he sounded like he was probably going to go the way he talked in the locker room after the game. Kendall Sheffield. Jeremy Birmingham from Letterman, Letterman Row had some of that reporting. Just felt like the way Arnett talked, it seemed like he was leaning go. Kendall Sheffield, we don't know. Imagine in the same boat, I think it's possible you want Jeffrey Okuda and Seven Banks to be getting a lot of snaps next year. I don't think their defense would be as good as it could be at the top two corners next year with Damon Arnett and Kendall Sheffield coming back. I think they need some change. I think maybe Damon Arnett and Kendall Sheffield know that. So I'm going to guess at least one of them goes. Seems like Arnett. Sheffield definitely could go as well. I think Jeffrey Okuda needs to be on the field. The end of 2019, when you do the snap counts for corners, number one needs to be Jeffrey Okuda. So I think that needs to be done and will be done. So there's changes afoot. There's changes coming. We're going to deal with that in the coming days and weeks. We're going to wrap it up from the Rose Bowl. I'm going to try to do some stuff this week at compiling some, some things from the Urban Meyer era and ranking some things. For instance, the question we had about the best teams, the seven best teams. Great stuff. I would like to do that with players. I'd like to do that with coaches. I'd like to do that with recruits. I'd like to do that with games and reflect on this Urban Meyer era now that it's gone. We're going to have a lot of news coming with Ryan Day, with the assistants, with NFL decisions. Decision deadline is January 15th, I think it is. So about two weeks, 
until these guys have, their, uh, have to make their final choice. I'm sure we'll hear about most of them before that. So as always, thanks to you guys for listening to Buckeye Talk. We're going to give one final shout-out to the season-long sponsorships, and now they are ending since the season is over. We'd love to have them back. But our friends at ShopOhioState.com and MinutemanTickets.com have been great. ShopOhioState.com for all your Ohio State apparel needs. It's the website of the Ohio State University Barnes & Noble Bookstore. Here, let me check something right now. I'm going to type in ShopOhio... Ooh, it pops up. ShopOhioState.com. We are Rose Bowl champs. Shop now for your Rose Bowl gear. Ooh, these are some sweet old school hoodies. 80 bucks. High quality. 2019 bowl game hoodie. It's scarlet with a gray stripe on the sleeve. You got to go look at this. They have another that's scarlet with a whole gray sleeve with a white and red stripe. Really, really sweet. All There's some all scarlet options. <coughs> Men's and women's. Go check this out. This is tremendous Rose Bowl apparel. Cool Rose Bowl hats. Scarlet hat, black hat, visor, good t-shirts. Shop OhioState.com if you're vibing off the Rose Bowl, if you're feeling good. That's your place to get the best Ohio State apparel. It's super cool. It's super high quality. ShopOhioState.com. Celebrate this final Urban Meyer season. Celebrate their final podcast as a Buckeye Talk sponsor for now. Go to ShopOhioState.com and MinutemanTickets.com. Thanks to our friends there. National ticket selection. Local feel. It's Columbus people who care about the community. Care about serving you as your online ticket broker. Nothing's going to go wrong, but if it does, you know Minuteman Tickets is right there to back it up. So thanks to them for sponsoring Buckeye Talk. Make our ticket guys your ticket guys at MinutemanTickets.com. So we'll be back with Stephen Means when I get back to Columbus. We'll be dealing with football news. We'll be dealing with basketball stuff. Big basketball game on Saturday. We'll get back into a normal flow of things with the schedule. But for now, our final daily Rose Bowl podcast from my hotel room in Los Angeles. One final time, Urban Meyer goes out as a winner. The Buckeyes beat Washington, and everyone who listens to Buckeye Talk is a winner. So thanks to you guys. I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.